Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I started like mumbling and slurring my words and I just felt myself going completely unconscious and that's the last thing I remember from what happened the next thing I know I woke up and I was in the hospital and there was like doctors all over me putting me in the machines to do the cat scans and all that stuff with my brain and I heard one of the doctors say oh she had she's having a stroke or she had a stroke I still didn't clearly understand what was happening to me at the time until maybe a few days later. They did blood work and all that stuff and they could not find out why I had the stroke. They called my stroke cryptogenic because I guess they said it wasn't a specific cause. They couldn't find out. My lab work, my blood work, everything came back clear. I had no previous health issues, no high blood pressure or anything like that. Like nothing was wrong. I never had a history of seizures, blood pressure, diabetes, nothing. I went to rehab after I had my surgery because they had to do a craniotomy. There was swelling in my brain. So I had a partial craniotomy and the right side of my skull was taken out or part of it was taken out. And I was in rehab for like, total hospitalization was like two months. It was a week in the surgical center and then I went to rehab for a month and then I came home to Florida where I went to another rehab here in Melbourne, Florida for another month before I was allowed to go home. I recently started doing occupational therapy outpatient. My doctor recommended it because he wanted me to get more therapy on my hand and my arm, which is good. I still do my exercises that she taught me at home on my own. So I'm still doing my therapy exercises on my own at my house. I just don't go to therapy anymore, but I'm still continuing my therapy exercises. Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear, and this is Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. Around a quarter of the world population have a hole in the heart, or a PFO. For the vast majority, it won't cause them any problems, and it'll often go entirely unnoticed. For some, a clot can pass through this hole and travel to the brain, causing a TIA or even a full stroke. In this episode, we'll hear from Stacy Martin from Palm Bay, Florida, who suffered a stroke at the age of 29. It was July 28, 2019. I was visiting my college roommate in Colorado Springs, and it was like a normal weekend. I got there that Friday. We hung out, went to the... Bronco Stadium that Saturday, had a lot of fun. All of a sudden on Sunday, the plan was to go hiking 
at the garden of the gods. And then first I woke up and I said, okay, I'm going to make breakfast for her and my friend who was with me. So she was like, okay, let me drive you to the grocery store so we can go get what you need to make breakfast. I said, cool. We hop in the car, we get to Walmart and it was like, everything was just completely normal. All of a sudden she was like ahead of me and I couldn't keep up and I didn't know why. I was like, dang, am I walking that slow? So she stops and turns around and she looks at me and she was like, oh, hell no, something's wrong. And I looked at her. I was like, what? She was like, you're not moving. I was like, what are you talking about? So then I went into complete panic mode. I was trying to walk and I couldn't walk anymore. I had no idea why I couldn't walk. I just could not walk anymore. And she was like, do you need to sit down? And I was like, yeah, I think so. So I literally just plopped right on the ground. I had no other choice. There was no chair nearby, nothing. So she was like, okay, I think I need to take you to the hospital. Maybe you had too much to drink last night because we were drinking wine. So she was like, maybe you had too much to drink. Maybe I should take you to the hospital and get checked out. She thought maybe I was just hung over or something. So then next thing you know, I started like mumbling and slurring my words. And I just felt myself going completely unconscious. And that's the last thing I remember from what happened. The next thing I know, I woke up and I was in the hospital and there was like doctors all over me, putting me in the machines to do the CAT scans and all that stuff with my brain. And I heard one of the doctors say, oh, she had, she's having a stroke or she had a stroke. I still didn't clearly understand what was happening to me at the time until maybe a few days later, I understood, okay, I had a stroke. But in the moment, I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that I couldn't feel anything on my left side. I couldn't walk. I couldn't get up. I couldn't speak. Nothing. And it was like so scary. Before that weekend, like I was completely fine up until that Sunday. I went there that Friday, got off the plane Friday night, and I had the stroke that Sunday morning. At first, doctors couldn't find a cause for Stacy's stroke. They did blood work and all that stuff, and they could not find out why I had the stroke. They called my stroke cryptogenic because I guess they said it wasn't a specific cause. They couldn't find out my lab work, my blood work. Everything came back clear. I had no previous health issues, no high blood pressure or anything like that. Like nothing was wrong. I never had a history of seizures, blood pressure, diabetes, nothing. It might have ran in my family, but I never had any issues. So I didn't find out what caused my stroke until just this year in February. And then I found out that the reason I had a stroke is because I actually have a PFO, which is a hole in the heart. So I have this hole in my heart, which I currently have now. And I guess there was also like a tear in my carotid artery. And that led to me having a blood clot, which is the cause of my stroke. So I had a blood clot in the brain and I got affected on my left side. So I still have weakness on my left arm and leg. I was in ICU for like maybe two or three days. And then I was in the hospital for the first week. And then I went to rehab after I had my surgery because they had to do a craniotomy. There was swelling in my brain. So I had a partial craniotomy and the right side of my skull was taken out or part of it was taken out. And I was in the rehab for like... Total hospitalization was like two months. It was a week in the surgical center. And then I went to rehab. 
for a month. And then I came home to Florida where I went to another rehab here in Melbourne, Florida for another month before I was allowed to go home. And then that's where I started doing like the outpatient therapy and the in-home services and stuff like that. I never liked being in the hospital. The whole time I was there, I was just like, I want to go home. I want to go home. But I know now that I probably needed to go because I was able to start walking again and doing all the stuff I need to do. So when I got home, I was like very independent when I was at home, which was better for me. So it it, it worked out to be a good thing. But in the moment, I was like, I don't want to be here. I gave the nurses and the therapists such a hard time. Oh, gosh, it was awful. I was awful. (laughs) I was the worst patient ever. Now I felt like everything was definitely worth it. In the time I fought everybody. I didn't want to exercise. I didn't want to get out of my bed. I didn't want to do anything with my therapist. They kept pushing me and pushing me. And I was just like, no, I don't feel like it. But now I'm like, dang, I wish I would have started doing therapy sooner. Because I see where without it, I would not be as far as I am today if it wasn't for them pushing me. I recently started doing occupational therapy outpatient. My doctor recommended it because he wanted me to get more therapy on my hand and my arm, which is good. I still do my exercises that she taught me at home on my own. So I'm still doing my therapy exercises on my own at my house. I just don't go to therapy anymore, but I'm still continuing my therapy exercises. In the weeks and months before Stacy's stroke, she had no symptoms or signs of it at all. It just happened one weekend, completely out of the blue. Coming up, Stacy on having poetic inspiration during her recovery. I'm still writing currently. I just have not formed anything. Probably because I'm so self-conscious about my speech. I'm afraid to, but I still definitely write poetry. I've written some poems when I was in the hospital because I just like felt inspired about my situation. And it was a good outlet for me to get out what I was feeling. So a lot of my poetry was inspired through my stroke recovery. And she thinks friends and loved ones of stroke survivors should be as present as possible. It doesn't mean that you still can't come talk to me or it doesn't mean that I'm not still available or here for you. So I just can't jump and go like how I used to, but I'm still here. I still need support. I still need that love and that comfort from people that I care about. So just be present and treat them as if they were completely normal, because that is very important. Let's hear how Stacy found online stroke communities. What I did find on Facebook was the Stroke Survivor group page on Facebook. I searched it. I just searched Stroke Survivor on Facebook one day and I found that there was a group. So I was like, OK, there's a community of people here on Facebook and they're all a similar situation as me. And I found it very encouraging because I was like, wow, you know, it's nice to read their stories and hear where they are and see how similar that their story is to mine. And then for me to also be able to provide encouragement because the new people that come in, I'm like, oh, you know, I was where you were. So I know what that feels like. And that piece, I think, is very important to be able to encourage someone else. Like, you know, I was there. 
So I know exactly what you're going through. I know how you feel because I felt the same way when I was going through my stroke. Before the stroke, I was working in social services as a case manager supervisor. Of course, I had to stop working after. Even now, because I don't have movement in my hand, it's very difficult for me to do certain tasks with only one arm. So I'm not working in a actual job. But what I do is I used to do event planning before, like years ago. And so I kind of decided that I was going to pick that back up and do what I can do with my one arm and just be able to at least do something. So I'm just trying to like, and right now what I do is I kind of just work my business from home and I do still take some jobs. If I can, man, if I know I can manage it, I will take it on. Like right now I'm working on a baby shower for next month. So, you know, I can do little things, get stuff together. And sometimes I'll go sit in the garage and do little crafts and just whatever I can do, I will do. And then, of course, my mom will help me with the things that I can't manage on my own. Once I'm ready to, like, go into the work field, I'm thinking I'll probably do something different. I don't want to go back into social services because that job was very stressful. So I'm actually considering going into maybe education since I have my bachelor's degree. That might be something that I would consider doing. I am a spoken word artist, and I used to perform at a lot of open mics in my city. I live in Palm Bay, Florida. So there used to be a lot of open mics here. I used to perform at all of them. Sometimes I would travel out of the city and go to like West Palm Beach or Orlando and do shows there. I'm still writing currently. I just have not formed anything. Probably because I'm so self-conscious about my speech. I'm afraid to, but I still definitely write poetry. I've written some poems when I was in the hospital because I just like felt inspired about my situation. And it was a good outlet for me to get out what I was feeling. So a lot of my poetry was inspired through my stroke recovery. And Stacy's family were there for her every step of the way. So my mom, when she found out, she jumped on the first plane she could and came out there to Colorado to go come be with her daughter. And she was there with me every day that I was in the hospital for the whole two months I was in the hospital or rehab, wherever I was, my mom was there. And she is probably my biggest supporter. And then, of course, my brothers also helped out. They helped more when I got home. So when I got home, they were there to make sure like the house was in order. If my room needed changing around to be more suitable for me to function, they would switch up my furniture or my brother came and installed some grab bars for me that I used to help me get in my bed and things, just little things like that to make the house more accessible for me. They made sure the house was okay for me to function and do what I need to do. So I had a good, um, my family was definitely there through the whole journey and they're still there now. If I need help, I know I can call them if I need them. Stacy will continue to work on her mobility. Right now, my goal for this year is to finally stop using my cane. That is my goal. So I started off using like a hemi walker when I first got home. And then I decided that I was strong enough to get just a regular one pole cane. So I bought one, found one on Amazon for really cheap. 
And I've been using that. So I use that now outside the house. In the house, I'll try to practice walking without it just to kind of build my balance up with my left leg. Luckily, I haven't suffered that many falls. I have had a couple since being home, but it's not enough to where I feel like I need to use my cane all the time. So when I'm in the house, I try to practice walking without it to kind of build that routine up. So I would love to be able to stop using my cane completely this by the end of this year. So that's my goal. So I'm working towards that now for myself in my recovery journey. And Stacy says stroke survivors should trust the recovery process. To the stroke survivors, I definitely will say it's a process, but don't give up. Because I know sometimes we want to, I know I wanted to many times. There was many times where I just wanted to say, forget this, I'm done. I don't want to do anymore. But you have to keep going. It's so important because you don't want to lose your livelihood. And then to those who are friends or families of stroke survivors, just be present because I know it's hard to maintain that relationship with someone when they can't just do what they used to do. Like my friends are like, oh, you know, you can't just go out like we used to anymore. No, we can't. But it doesn't mean that you still can't come talk to me or it doesn't mean that I'm not still available or here for you. So I just can't jump and go like how I used to, but I'm still here. I still need support. I still need that love and that comfort from people that I care about. So just be present and treat them as if they were completely normal because that is very important. Stacy has made great strides in her recovery and has used her experience to help other stroke survivors and to influence her work as a performance poet. Coming up in the next episode of Stroke Stories. I just remember this intense feeling. There was a magazine, like a hello magazine on, on her bedside cabinet. I just remember not understanding what a magazine was or being able to read it. And, and kind of a voice in my head kind of going, ooh, ooh, this is strange, this is not good. And I had this kind of internal monologue of, okay, something's not right, okay, okay, let's head down the stairs, okay, okay. And I got myself down the stairs, sat on a chair, at which point I, I wet myself, and I just, I kind of just felt, I thought I was gonna die. Please do subscribe to Stroke Stories and rate and comment to help us spread the word. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share, please DM via Twitter or Instagram. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. 
Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 